Welcome to the Social Justice War Room, the podcast where we talk about social justice in fiction, reality, and everything in between. My guest today is a cartoonist, a teacher, a tabletop gamer, a dungeon master, and many other things. He does the comic Games People Play, which you can describe as either a political comic about gaming or a gaming comic about politics. Please welcome Israel Reyes. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm mostly fine. Well, all things considered. Yes, all things considered. There's a lot going on. So would you say your comic is a gaming comic about politics or a political comic about gaming? Well, originally it started specifically as a gaming comic. However, well, there's only so much you can say about tabletop RPGs were basically the same the same 20 discussions have been repeating themselves for over 50 years possibly I mean has it at least changed a bit since a lot of it's being done via zoom now so yeah basically I started including the comic um it, every topic that interests me at the moment or anything I had something to, well, something to comment about. Yeah, so a lot of it has gone into video games as well recently. Is, is that also a long-time interest of yours? Oh, yes. I, I, I've been acquainted to video games since about age four. Uh, when would your first game be? That was around the same age I got into it. My first video game, if I remember right, it was the original Mario Bros. for the Atari 2600. Yeah, mine was a little later, the original Super Mario Bros. for NES. But, and since then... This is where a lot of the politics comes in because video games seem to be kind of a testing ground for the ways billionaires can exploit people, new and exciting ones. Oh, I, I so much wish, wish that wasn't the case, but yeah, pretty much ever since video games proved themselves to be a profitable industry, well, corporations got their hands on it, and then everything went to hell in the handbasket. Well, there's always been some degree of monetization that wasn't necessary, like having Pokemon split across two games. But it seems like since the advent of downloadable content, where there's no longer even a physical component to it, they've just been finding more and more ways to extract until we've gotten to the point of NFTs, which are literally nothing for money. That's the worst part. Actually, DLC started as a good idea. <laughs> you know, before, before video games were sold in a digital for, in, in a download format, well, you had to, you have, well, two, three, four, five or more physical editions of the same game just because the developer added whatever thing, starting well with, say, four new fighters in Street Fighter 2, a new racing car, a new whatever. Originally, you sold the game all over again. It was more expensive to produce, 
and well, gamers had to buy the whole thing all over again. So DLC was originally a very good idea. Well, developers had this new thing they want to implement. Well, they just they just tell you this new thing specifically. And well, it could have been great if if only it hadn't been introduced by Microsoft. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so so one advantage of your comic is that you have it usually phrased like a newscast with your reporter Jezebel Phoenix delivering your take on the, the latest terrible news from either games or world politics. Does that how long does it take you to produce with that? Well, the part that takes the longest in producing a weekly comic, I'd say, is the punchline. Is yeah. it because, well, I may have the note, but if the punchline doesn't come to me, nothing comes out. Well, you have some really great punchlines, like one about how Konami's not attending E3, neither is Kellogg's. It's like Kellogg's isn't a gaming company, neither is Konami. That was my favorite. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And it... You've also, since you mentioned tabletop gaming and you've written a lot of essays about it on your blog as well, how does that approach the, influence the way you approach understanding other mediums like video games and comics and so forth? Well, different medias have different narratives. They, this is something there's something that everyone had to learn in, the, in their own time. Well, video games originally had no narrative. The only story, the only story happening you learn about in the structured manual. Eventually, well, eventually very tiny slivers of story seeped into cutscenes and things like that. It wasn't on, it wasn't until no, not even PS1. No. I'd say until Xbox One that I that vegan started resembling movies. Uh, I forgive me, but it was at PS One because that was where the original Metal Gear Solid was. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Metal Gear Solid, yes. If, if that one was one of the first persons for vegan resembling movies. Yeah, and, and go on. Ah, uh, sorry. Well, and then table and tabletop role playing games. They, I'd say they took a while into learning that, but actually I'd say the jury is still out on that. People, I'm not sure we have all agreed on how a tabletop narrative has to be well, because well, if we go, if you go to source material, we go to novels. However, in novels, in novels, the author is the sole owner of the whole thing. The author, no owns the story, the author owns the character, the author writes the story, the author says when this character lives, when this character dies, when this thing happens. However, in the in tabletop games, we have not one not one sole owner, but each player is the owner of their character. And they're also there basically you have five authors or more in the same story. Yeah, and I, I know that 
tabletop gaming has surged in popularity with the advent of things like Critical Role, which have like celebrities and professional actors streaming their games. Has that kind of shifted the way people, players approach it as a desire to like have some kind of role playing to it beyond just being so-called murder hobos who just want to kill and grind for XP? Well, I'd say the first antecedent to to actually trying to introduce narrative in tabletop games started with, well, it started with this this anime called anime series called Record Lost War. Huh. The thing that well, the thing that was back then so no so novel about it was that the whole the whole gaming table was comprised of writers. Huh. It wasn't just it wasn't just a game master. Every every single player at the table was a, was a writer. So they all they all did. What, what, what they felt was best for the story at the at time. And well, the, that was the best and the worst of it because well, basically Record of the Lost World was, mm, how like, how like, well, I'd say the magnum opus of this person, Yukito Kishiro. Yeah. However, I don't know a lot of his work and sadly he may have been a, a flash in the pan because I have I have heard of of letter words of from him and sadly they're not half as good as it <laughs> and then after record of lost war came Peter Jackson's of the Rings and everyone went gaga with the dragons especially since back then that was World of Warcraft's boom yeah. So have you played several of the online MMO games as well? Oh, yeah. uh, and they are the equivalent of the game master is the system, the, what the server you're playing on. And do you find it worth role-playing there or do you prefer to just play it like a regular game? Uh, well, the first two antecedents of MMOs well, there were Ultima Online and there was the Winter Nights. Alas, as regarding regarding a MMO that was the closest to a tabletop experience, no game has come close to Never Winter Nights ever since. Because well, that that game has that thing called the Aurora Engine, where you you as a game master could were able to program the whole thing. You, you program the encounters, what's found where. You, you even have the options of including new, new 3D models, new music, and even have the options of intervening halfway through the play, play experience as a, as a game master. And okay, I want a new monster to appear here because this player did this thing and this NPC is happy. That. But actually putting in the effort to customize every aspect of the experience sounds like a tremendous amount of time, right? Oh yeah, that was a huge time sink and will. If you want to be a game master, you had to learn to program to program in the AOL engine. Yeah. So it, if you so if you didn't know how to code, well, you the experiences you could bring to your players were were severely limited. Yeah. So then it sounds like it, with video games especially, you can see how 
the time and labor needed to make these games keeps increasing as the sophistication of games technology increases. And that's been the result of a lot of these monetizing practices creeping in, right? That and a lot of lies. <laughs> well, yeah. Because, well, because, well, we know how expensive Mass Effect was to produce. But then the electronic arts came with this rhetoric like, oh no, we are, I'm, a, I'm a poor game developer that takes a hundred million dollars to produce a video game. Lies. <laughs> no, really, I, 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 know, I know from insiders in electronic arts that actually, well, okay. Okay, today I may be a bit, a bit more. Because, but about 10 years ago, back when I knew people in the electronic arts, producing a, a summer blockbuster video game took only $10 million. This, so a lot of the expense is just to ensure profit. Merchandising, mostly. Marketing. Yeah. And it does, I think electronic arts, they were, they initially implemented microtransactions in a console game with Dead Space 3 having loot box mechanics. And now that seems to be standard across all big AAA video games. And even though it was laughed at at the time and Dead Space 3 didn't make it meet expectations, people eventually just went with it. Yeah, the saddest part is that Everyone went with it. No one better than I. Europe, is, Europe is well. Europe is still is still fighting that policy. They are still accusing microtransactions or gambling. It is what it is. Yeah. However, in America, I seriously doubt that they they're ever going to take take it as gambling. Mainly because, well, that America is where most of the AAA industry is, and it, if the Supreme Court ever grows a spine, well, the industry will just threaten, threaten with moving to China or some other country. Right. So you're coming from Mexico with your perspective. How have they responded to these kinds of issues? Have they? Or... Uh, well, well, in Mexico, they for decades they have been trying to in, indoctrinate us with this slogan of "say no to piracy." However, any power user instead is going to say, "Sure, why not to piracy?" <laughs> so, well, most users just bypass the whole experience. Yeah, they, a lot, a lot, a lot of people still resort to piracy. Some people. Some people do pay for microtransactions and some people even defend it. However, uh, lost cases. <laughs> yeah. And with piracy, obviously there's a moral gray area, but, let, but also the money you're stealing from is less, would far less likely go to the actual people making the game, the developers, the testers, than it would to the companies, right? Yeah, that's uh, 
that's a very complicated issue. I mean, if you can buy the original product, buy it. However, there's no argu arguing that a lot of software is way overpriced, starting with $70 video games. And right. then following, following with Photoshop, a reason why I moved to Flip Studio Paint years ago. Ah, uh, so that's why, well, I use Clip Studio Paint for my comics. It is a very good program for creating art. Oh yeah, and it costs about a tenth of the price of Photoshop, if not less. That is also an important consideration. But as we've seen, just today I found out that with Amazon having bought the digital platform for comics, Comixology, they're just full folding the whole thing into Kindle and a lot of comics in a lot of countries that host it are getting shafted and aren't getting the benefits. So there's always the worry about that. Wait, Amazon, okay. I, I didn't know that Amazon bought Comixology. Yeah, it, it was a while ago and they, but now people are getting notices like your subscriptions in this country are no longer valued. We're sorry for the inconvenience. Maybe there's a gift card or something, but not always to, as an apology. My God. Yeah. So in one of your strips, you have the characters point out that Fiction is different from reality because fiction has to make sense. And a lot of this stuff is so ridiculous, even beyond the confines of satire. Does that make it hard to write punchlines? Harder by the year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I really, really miss back when we didn't live in the mirror universe. Yeah. And speaking, one thing that's a concern, not that this is not something that I'm holding you accountable, but you do make a lot of criticism of Xi Jinping and China for their very authoritarian practices. And on the one hand, it's true, he's terrible, and there are a lot of terrible things being done by China. On the other hand, there's a tendency online for a lot of it to get mixed up with yellow peril tropes and fear of Asian people in general, even those not Chinese. Do you worry about that messaging? Yeah, that's a, that's a, ver that's a very, very dangerous line. Yes, yeah. yes, unfortunately, yes, yes, <laughs> okay, well, I, I, yes, I, I want you to record it, I, I'm opposed to China in everything, in every regard, their country's politics, however, yes, I won't deny that I may, that I may have contributed unwitting, unwittingly to yellow, to yellow peril, especially the latest two years. Because sure, sure, criticize China for years, for over five years, but then we get, but then we get in the middle of the apocalypse. 
the apocalypse that, well, I won't say China cause we have really have no idea. We weren't there. We we have we don't have the whole story. No. The, and the thing is, not only in North America but in several countries, all the Chinese population is taking the hit. Yeah. And that is horrible. We're and then we're back in the 1940s talking about concentration camps, and, and I really it, yeah, it. It, I mean, it it's definitely incredibly difficult to say any anything and not have it get distorted by the hall of mirrors that is internet discourse. Like, like there are a lot of leftists who are very unironically pro-China because of their its affiliation with communism, despite in practice being another empire. Uh, yeah, well, actually, well, actually, I'd call China a case of state capitalism. Yeah, that seems a lot more accurate, and it, especially one. It seems like their entry, but their entry in the video game industry came at a time when monetization was at an all-time high, and they, similar to Microsoft in in the states, just kind of bought their way in. Oh yeah, loot boxes were were actually a perfect storm <laughs> because well, they they were they were they were pushed by China. But then they were amplified by Japan because, well, in Japan, they have this long tradition of gambling. They love their pachinkos and so on. And well, back then, we were all still very much in love with Japan. So it was all, all the easier to, to push the lockboxes to us. Yeah. And when talking about politics, since we come from different countries and have different backgrounds in this, but a lot of discourse seems to generally assume that the view of the majority nationality, like through an American lens, is there any kind of misconception that you would want to cl be cleared up about how people see like Mexico and Mexican politics? Uh, well, if you if you have been alive during Donald Trump's era, you know everything there is to know about Mexican politics. Ah, uh. no, seriously, Donald Trump, Donald Trump copied bit page by page every single every single thing of the Mexican politics book. Yeah, that's yeah. That your current guy, you compare him to Trump a lot, which is probably the least favorable comparison you could possibly make short of the big age. Oh yeah, now we're, yeah, now we're pretty much being, being punished by karma for laughing at Trump for four years. Now we're having our, our own Donald Trump. My condolences. Thank you. Yeah, and it's definitely, dark times but are there any like spots 
of hope within it, within your country, like any kind of party opposing regressive policies that has the strength to push back? Uh, alas, much like in America, we have to choose between the devil we know and the devil we don't. Because, well, the most, power, the most powerful opponents of our, of our new default political party are, well, basically, Mm. Are this basically the religious right? Right. So yeah, okay. It's great that someone is opposing a dictator, but they didn't have to be these guys. Yeah, that's. I try very hard to keep a sense of hope on this podcast, and I'll admit it's difficult at times. One thing within the states that's encouraging is the amount of renewed union activity and the massive strikes going on. Do you see anything like that in Mexico happening or? Uh, sorry, can you repeat that? Well, there's a lot of strike worker strikes in America now and activity with building unions and building a kind of class solidarity against the ultra rich. Is anything like that happening in Mexico? Uh, we're trying that, but we're about two years behind you guys. Okay. Unions are, I've heard of unions trying to form. Right now, they're being horribly squashed. But yeah. I want to, but I want to believe people will keep fighting. Yeah. Well, if, the, as things get more desperate, they'll have less and less of a choice than to keep fighting. And well, here's hoping. In lighter news, one question I had, since games people play is structured a lot like a joke a day strip where each strip is self-contained, have you ever thought of doing like a longer project? Well, there are there are a couple projects I'd love to do, but well. Mm. I know that time is always a factor. Yeah, there's only so many hours in the day. Also, well, I well, okay, I, I was going to come with a crush that I but that well, I'm I'm far from having the the, the the level of expertise I'd want to start any of such pride, but well, but well, we both we both come from web comics, and well, we we both know that the only way to start a project is starting it. Yeah, <laughs> because because well, you will never be at the skill level you want. No. So if that's your excuse, you'll never start. Yeah. You have to be willing to not like what you produce. And which, but I think you definitely have the know-how to put together a decent comic. You definitely know how to set a stage and to draw convincing, expressive figures. So if you, if you ever get back to it, I'll be the first in your corner. <laughs> Thank you. And to leave off on another happier note, have there been any games you've recently really enjoyed? Anything coming out of the current state of affairs that's good, actually? 
<laughs> well, video games, actually, video games wise, last year actually was a pretty great year for video games. We had, we had games like, well, mostly on the indie side. But we, we also had, had Metroid Dread. That was really great. Oh, yeah. And Metroid, and Metroid Dread. That was amazing. Yeah. And there, and there is, there are, were definitely a lot of good indie games. There still are. And I don't want to give the impression that when I talk about the big things that good games are impossible or even that they can't come from the big companies, just that the conditions should be better for a lot of reasons, mainly so that people are treated better, but also so that we get better games. Oh yeah, and well, going back to going back to movies and their ties to the gaming industry. Well, as of late, Hollywood has been relearning the advantages of well, looking looking back to Arthur Field, we saw it with Deadpool, we saw it with Old Man Logan. Yeah, and yeah, we and yeah, fortunately, the gaming industry has been taking heed. And we have this. We have been seeing pretty great things, even from electronic cards like Jedi Fallen Order. Ah, cool. Another another great game. We show that electronic cards can still do great games when they want to do. Yeah. Well, here's hoping to better times all around. Thank you so much for coming on. This Israel. You can check out his comic at games people play in the links below. Thank you again for going on. Thank you for having me.